And a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live, September 18, 2020. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Welcome. And we're happy to be here. And it's getting very nice out. Beautiful. Beautiful. I stepped outside to get the mail out of the mailbox. and uh, The mail didn't blow away, did it? It was in the box. Pretty bo- windy. It was in the box. <laughs> no. It's supposed to be a windy, uh, breezy yeah. weekend, I think. Yes. But gorgeous. And fall the first day of fall is some is one of these soon, days coming is it up. Like right? the twenty first, maybe. But don't we always get that? Um, well, like a, another little week or so of summer, late September, early October. I could remember being in school and and having eighty five, ninety oh, degree sure. weather yeah. just for another week, like a little. Even in October. Little return Sometimes, to summer, yeah. but that's okay. I love this time of year. Jim will give us the scoop when he yes. joins us a little later on. Also, this hour we're going to be joined by Dan and Bethany Mayola, and they're the founders of a wonderful organization called Life Giving Wounds that um, ministers to um, young adults and adult children of divorced parents. Oh, wonderful! There's something there. Mm-hmm. Well, so they're going to tell us all about that. Good. Uh, we are going to play Name That Catholic Tune this hour, and uh, also uh, next, uh, Jim will be here with the weather. And next hour, our friend Father John Butler will do our gospel reflection for the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And then also uh, Michael Lickens, I know he's been with us before, I hope I pronounced it the right way. Mm-hmm. i got to start writing these things down phonetically. But Michael's going to talk about a, a book uh, published by Sophia Institute Press called The Catholic Reader's Bible. It's actually the four Gospels and the Acts of the Apostles, but in a unique format. Mm, that so, sounds interesting. We'll uh, talk to Michael later on next hour. But right now, my friends, uh, to remind you that, of course, if you are listening on one of our domestic church media radio stations, we welcome you. But also uh, going around the world on all these other platforms that we offer on our free mobile app, our streaming audio uh, Google Home and Amazon Alexa home speaker devices. All you have to do is uh, say, play Domestic Church Media. And you can also watch the program live uh, right now on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Domestic Church Media. Also streaming live video on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media. And also streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. So if someone's listening around the world... What time could it potentially be the middle of the night for them? You know, we've Japan? gotten mail from Japan. Yeah. We've yeah. gotten mail from Germany and Austria and uh, South Africa. So it's could yeah. be any t- time. Any any time, any anywhere. You never know. As I said, you know, people have downloaded our free mobile app on every continent except for Antarctica. Amazing. So, well, we'll have to take a little trip yeah. and download it. Well, up I put there. some marketing out there, some neon signs in Antarctica promoting the app. <laughs> yes. So the polar polar bears, are they south? They're they're south the uh, South Pole, right? Ooh, polar bears. I'd have to. Are the North Pole? I'd have to. One is one or the other. They're not both. My National Geographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're going to pray this prayer uh, to uh, Our Lady and to the Holy Trinity to pray for the United States of America and. Uh, our uh, wonderful volunteers were here today, Janet and Elizabeth, and they are filling envelopes. What a stack of envelopes. I know. So the requests are still coming in. So we literally have sent out thousands of these, which is yes. great. I ordered 5,000. There's still some left over, but Janet feels we're on the other side now. We've yes. gotten more than more than half, certainly. Yeah, and I've half. taken a lot to church, mm-hmm. and I've given them to Knights of Columbus and other people. So um, I bet we're close to 3,000 out 
and well, maybe only 2000 to go. And so. I say, you know, uh, if you have ordered them and received them, don't be afraid to ask for more if you need mm-hmm. them. We, we're happy to get them to you. Mm-hmm. So we're going to pray this prayer. And if you have your prayer card, you can join in praying with us. Uh, a lot of prayers going up over the next uh, six weeks or so leading up to the election. So we're going to pray hard uh, and fervently uh, for uh, this country to uh, live and, 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 and act according to the will of Almighty God uh, in everything that we do. So we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in Heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, in union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace, have mercy on our president, and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray our prayers to St. Michael the Archangel and the beautiful ancient Subtum Presidium prayer to Our Lady. We pray, St. Michael, Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Despise not our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. And Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And all of our listeners, Pray for us, mm-hmm. and we pray for you. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, again today, uh, friends, thank you for being with us. Coming up a little later on this hour, uh, uh, Dan and Beth, uh, Bethany Mayola from Life Giving Wounds, a wonderful ministry that caters to the young adult and the adult children, grown children of divorced parents. What I never really thought would, I figured you reach a certain age and you're able to Come to terms, or, or uh, yes, cope I'm, I'm or curious deal. to see what they and what their ministry yeah. involves, and and what they've come across. And I believe I, I believe Dan is a child of a divorced uh, okay. couple, so uh, he'll have, obviously have insight into that. Well, uh, sometimes those wounds, you know, even if the um, the children of the divorce are young, younger, elementary school, high school, um, I imagine there's something there that isn't 
quite resolved or you don't really come to terms with it. Mm. And sometimes we bury these things and then they emerge, as we all know, many, many years later in a a variety of ways. So it'll be interesting to see Mm -hmm. what they have discovered. And then, of course, Jim will be here with the weather. I'm going to play Name That Catholic Tune. And uh, next hour, Father John Butler, our friend from St. Michael's over in uh, Long Branch, will be giving the reflection for this Sunday's Gospel. And then uh, Michael Lichens, Lichens. We'll find out. I know, but he's been on before, so I should know know Mm, the correct pronunciation. But, you know, I'm getting old. Uh, (laughs) The Catholic Reader's Bible, and it really is a... um, uh, the four Gospels and the Acts of the Apostles in a uh, little bit different format. Same words and everything, but just uh, mm-hmm. Michael will explain it to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're happy you are here for that. And uh, and if you have any questions or comments, we do have a text phone number. Yeah. 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. We always love to hear from you. Perhaps you have a question or a thought or uh, a comment on anything at all, we welcome it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So thank you for that. And uh, uh, I guess um, I'm just I'm reading. I'm getting texts here already, but they were oh. they were they were already there. They weren't just popping oh, up. And okay. I was reading one. I right. kind of lost my train of Let thought. Let us know what is new and exciting. Are you doing anything differently these days? I'll say this past week in my little running around and going to work and coming home. Not always at the peak drive hours, not always at the peak drive time. There are a lot of cars on the road. Now, I imagine part of it is some back to school, but of course, there's so many hybrid situations. Are they really going to the building? But I do see school buses. I see school buses and crossing guards. So much traffic. Mm -hmm. So now I'm back to, since many, many months, back to giving myself a lot of extra time to get because my cute my commute is usually forty five minutes. I'm giving myself a good hour now because sometimes it takes it. Hmm. Just lines of traffic. Wow, well, I have seen like the, the the school crossing guards here in in the, where we are in, in Ewing, Ewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, school I was behind a school bus today, so mm-hmm. it was stopping and making pickups. So wow. obviously. Somebody's going to school. Someone's going to school, uh, you know, and just it's just the whole thing is just strange. <laughs> it's just strange. It's just, there are no words to describe it. Our good friend Gary stopped by. I haven't seen Gary since oh. all this began, and Gary stopped by. We had a wonderful visit. Uh, he was in the area, and uh, you know, it's, it's like everybody's coming out of their cocoons, you know, right? After, right, <laughs> right. After a long winter's nap, when well, this all began, really, February, March, mm-hmm. six yeah, months. It's the end of winter. Half a year. And entered spring then. We missed all of uh, Holy Week and Easter. And it's and still going on. Yeah. Not ended yet. You know, yeah. not ended yet. Although people are. Spring, summer, fall. How, little, little uh, by little. Yeah. People are, are. But they are coming out. I mean, you can't stay locked in forever. That That's my personal opinion. And uh, we need people. We we had a meeting, although it was virtual, uh, Google Meet, I guess it's like Zoom, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. uh, platform you use. And the the running theme, we probably had 12 or 15 people on there and a variety of uh, ministry leadership and some deacons. And they said the one thing they hear from everybody they speak to, whether it's their teams of volunteers or just family members or parishioners, uh, that they miss being with people. I mean, you can meet mm-hmm. virtually, you can talk on the phone, you send the emails and the texts, but um, those donuts and coffee after church or an event, a, a special evening where then you can socialize, 
We have to buzz in and be seated. We have to leave when it's over. But I've even seen people now are starting to just gather and chat, even if they're standing at a little bit of a distance. We just were not meant to be on an island. What was that song, People Who Need People? Yes, are the luckiest people. That's right. Well, we can't do this forever. They are the luckiest people. But church, even church attendance is is increasing. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right, let's take a break, and then we're going to be joined by Dan and Bethany Meola to talk about life-giving wounds. So stay where you are, friends. There's more to come on Friday Live. Joy, my King, in what you hear, let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Let it be a sweet, sweet. Sweet, sweet sound in your 
All right. Welcome back, friends. Happy to have you joining us on this lovely Friday. And uh, the uh, wonderful, is it a wonderful organization called Life Giving Wounds, whose mission is to help young adults and adults with divorced and separated parents give voice to their pain and find deep spiritual healing. And we have uh, one of the co-founders joining us right now, Dan Miola. And um, Dan, we want to welcome you to the program. Hi, Jim. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, great Dan. Great to be here with Domestic Church Media. Oh, great. Great to have you here. And I, I, at one point, I thought both you and Bethany were going to be on, but you said Bethany's tending to the children. Yes, yes. <laughs> we we love doing joint interviews, but there is this higher calling of parenthood. <laughs> well, we understand that, and we always like to talk to couples who together get in, involved into ministry and apostolate. Uh, because it's it's a wonderful witness, um, but you're I'm very curious, Dan, because when I first heard about it, I guess uh, maybe Bethany reached out to us about life giving wounds. Um, what is the genesis of that? How did this come about, and, and why did you feel there was a need for this? Yeah, so the genesis is sort of threefold. One, it's my own personal experience. I'm adult child divorce. Also, an experience my wife went through was a few separations of her parents, but then. Luckily, they they got together and worked things out, but she still experienced a lot of pain there. Second, uh, we both are alumni of the John Paul II Institute for Studies of Marriage and Family, and they were doing a research problem uh, project on this problem of the pain of adult children and divorce. So that sort of prepped us for the ministry. And then the last thing was sort of providence. Uh, my wife worked at the USCCB for a number of years. And we just saw that there was nothing in the church like this, helping the adult children of divorce to heal. And so we really wanted to fill those gaping holes in the pastoral ministry to help strengthen marriage and family. It's it's a beautiful project, Dan. And there, too, when, when Jim shared with me that you were going to be on and, and a little bit about your ministry, I thought, wow, that's right. There isn't anything out there like this. And the first thing that I think of is the trauma that hits the younger children. I, I was a teacher for many, many years, and these um, little elementary school, uh, lower grades would come in, and, and I would learn, you know, they're from one-parent families, and there was so much nurturing that they needed. You know, they were looking for love and acceptance, and it, th- my knowledge is that they they would feel guilty. The parents are d- getting divorces or something I did, like the younger child will think it was their fault. But then, and you're talking about, you know, young adults, is this something that is buried and then re-emerges so many years later? Yes, that's absolutely the case. Um, The research shows that it often comes up in young adulthood because often children, because they're still in the home, they don't feel the freedom often to process this wound. They, They don't have enough independence. And it's often usually in the midst of a dating relationship or uh, preparing for marriage that often comes up. So there's definitely a sleeper effect. So there's definitely the felt wound in children and teens, that's for sure. But uh, the research shows that there's a sleeper effect that comes up often in young adulthood or much later even. And it's usually then that the children in divorce feel the most freedom to explore this wound. Um, But something you mentioned I, I just can't help but to comment on, it's absolutely the case that children from whatever age often feel a lot of false guilt Mm -hmm. and false shame. 
about their uh, parents' divorce. That's a very common issue, um, and they carry that with them mm-hmm. all the way through uh, young adulthood and, and beyond. And it's hard for people to understand, but the reality is there's all sorts of reasons for that, and, and they're not always what people think. It's not as simple as, oh, the child thinks that they caused the divorce. Rather, it's usually something more like, okay, maybe they express their displeasure at their parents fighting, for instance. Yeah. And then they feel that because they expressed their displeasure that they then got the divorce. When in reality, what the child is saying is, I want you to love each other. They didn't want that divorce. So... That's just one reason. There are other reasons, too. And I also just want to point out on this issue because it's important to understand for your listeners. This happens in adulthood, too. And sometimes the false guilt is even greater if you're an adult and then your parents divorce because you think, well, I'm an adult. I should have known this. I should have done more mm-hmm. to help stop this. So false guilt can also happen even if you're an adult and your parents divorce. Mm-hmm. So this is a very important topic. And this is a big reason why children divorce are silent about their pain Mm. because they feel guilty and we don't talk enough about this. Mm -hmm. So thank you for bringing up this very important topic. Mm. We're talking with Dan Miola and he and his wife, Bethany, are founders and directors of Life Giving Wounds. It's lifegivingwounds.org. You can check out their website. And uh, Dan, do these pains and do these um, feelings manifest themselves in different ways uh, as a young adult or an adult, especially in relationships, how, what are some of the what are some of the signs that that there's an issue there? Yeah, I mean, it manifests itself in a lot of different ways. But something we hear a lot from the adult children divorce that we've accompanied hundreds by now, and also true in my own life, is the predominant emotion of fear. There's a lot of fear that is this going to work out? Am I discerning marriage correctly? And did I make a mistake if I'm already married? And there's a lot of fear that they're going to repeat their parents' mistake, and that creates a lot of anxiety. And I just want to say to all the listeners out there, just stay with me. We are not our parents. We are not our parents. We are not our parents. But there is a wound there that we do need to have healing so that we can truly flourish in our dating and marriage relationships. So that's that's one big area. Another area that fear can cause is a damaged view of marriage. You know, there, there could be a cynicism, there could be a romanticism towards marriage. So that's another thing. And lastly, that fear can create relationship-harming actions, because instead of opening our hearts to the other, that fear, we can, we can self-protect in unhealthy ways. And that can happen in all sorts of ways. It can be something little from being defensive to something big, being a people pleaser and never really truly you know, expressing your own feelings in all sorts of other different ways. So, yes, it absolutely manifests itself in many different ways, but there's always healing and the possibility of uncovering those wounds and having a great marriage. And I want to present that hope to any listeners that are adult children of divorce. Well, let's let's talk about that and share with our listeners um, about your work in, in the uh, Life-Giving Wounds uh, and and what this involves, and how people can find out more about it, how they can participate in it, and you know take it to the next step. Yeah, so we offer many different ways of healing. We have retreats 
online and in person if your diocese is so blessed to have it. You know, we're just getting off the ground, so we don't have too many locations yet. But there's an online retreat coming up October 1st to November 12th on Thursdays. That's a great place to start healing and uncovering these hidden wounds. We have online and in-person support groups. We have a blog of many great stories. That's a great place to start with healing is just to read the stories of others and to learn from them. So those are all different resources that we offer uh, in addition to print materials. And we're always trying to be creative and developing new things. And we have many great ideas that are hopefully going to come to fruition if if we can get more support and donors as well. Mm-hmm. So again, let's just give, I'll give the, the web address real quick. It's lifegivingwounds.org. Listeners, you or if you know somebody who you feel would benefit from this, go to the website lifegivingwounds.org and find out more about that. I could even imagine uh, priests or deacons, those who um, mentor and guide these young couples that are preparing for marriage. I think way, way back, eons ago, when Jim and I did the marriage preparation, engaged in counter weekend and all that, and now my, my memory doesn't serve me so well. But because it was there... the last century. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty foggy memory. But were there questions about, you know, d- divorced parents in the um, genealogy? I mean, I feel like it's something that a red flag could go up for that priest or deacon that they're coming from a divorce situation, that there's some certain things that you'll they'll have to dig a little bit deeper to make sure the couple doesn't have problems later, that this could be an excellent marriage preparation retreat, especially for those whether one or both parties have gone through these separation and divorces. That's right, yes. And we have a lot of engaged couples that come, and I would love this offer to every couple who goes to marriage prep um, that has that background. And I would love priests to refer those couples to this. I think it's a great way to strengthen marriage and family. And we see ourselves primarily as a marriage and family ministry mm-hmm. and a young adult ministry um, for this exact reason, because so much of the healing is to help them make a lifelong gift of self in marriage or consecrated virginity. We also have priests and religious join us as well. And those are two other things we do is advocacy work and leadership training for priests, for teachers, etc., to help them be more pastorally present to the wounds of people that they minister to. Mm -hmm. So those are other things that we do. So thank you for bringing that up. Excellent, Dan. And would you say during these times, and you sound young, although you say you you have some children, I mean, we as a married couple and the the institution of marriage as God had put forth, uh, we're we're swimming upstream. Like society does not support what we have and hold dear to our heart as Catholic tradition of normal marriage. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, and, I mean, the truth of marriage and family is so central to healing, so central to healing. And that's a huge part of our ministry is to get that good news out mm-hmm. because that really then informs how we act. So, yeah, the church's view of marriage and family is so incredibly healing and I've seen this, that, that ideal of marriage as faithful, fruitful, forever, the total self-gift. Um, this has been so beautifully explained by our church, and that from the scriptures, from Christ himself, is, is absolutely key. And yeah, and it's true that we're behind on these issues. Um, no-fault divorce, which has ushered in 
a huge wave of divorces and, and untold pain for many children of divorce has been with us for decades, yet now we're just getting out some pastoral programs to bridge that gap between the truth that is healing in the hearts of people coming from broken homes, and that's what we're trying to do to support marriage and family. We're talking with Dan Miola. He and his wife, Bethany, are the founders and uh, directors of uh, Life-Giving Wounds. And, Dan, you're located in Maryland, physically located in Maryland? Yeah, we're physically located in Bowie, Maryland, and our status is Washington. Okay, so we're not that far away. Uh, and your your vision for uh, Life-Giving Wounds is to outreach to as many dioceses as possible in any way you can? Yes, as many dioceses and college campuses and parishes as possible. I mean, my dream is we'd be in every diocese offered to marriage prep as a resource, and as many colleges as we can offered to college students as well. And we'll partner with whoever. Um, you know, we do leadership trainings for local teams, so we'd love for you to collaborate with us and and support us. We're We're a new ministry, so we need all the support we can get and we'd love to collaborate with you to help heal the pain that's out there. Okay, because we have a lot of, you know, we cover a lot of area here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, but also, of course, with technology, we go way beyond these borders. And uh, if there are uh, members of family life offices or parishes or dioceses listening or individuals who would like to get in touch with you about just that, is the best way to go to your website, lifegivingwounds.org, and communicate with you that way? Yes. Yeah, we have a Collaborate With Us page. We lay out 10 easy steps to starting the ministry. We have a starter packet. So, yeah, go to lifegivingwounds.org slash collaborate. And since you're in New Jersey, I just want to give a shout-out. The Diocese of Matukin is going to be hosting us for a retreat in April um, and promoting it to the couples there. So Excellent. we are in other dioceses okay. as well, uh, including in New Jersey. So. If you're a leader in New Jersey, come on by. Yeah, where is it going to be? At the Chancery there or in, you know? Because we're not far from a diocese. Cheryl's actually. Oh, no, it's, yeah, it's a retreat center. Um, Now I'm checking the website for the exact location. Okay, and this is (laughs) good. Um, Um, I believe it's a retreat center. Okay, all right. I'll be on the lookout for that. My parish is um, not far Cheryl's a music director at a parish up in, in the Metuchen Diocese. So. Right, right. And most parishes. Oh, perfect. Yeah, most parishes have a family ministry or, you know, a marriage ministry, but definitely every diocese will have as part of their diocesan offices. You just scroll all the different offices, human resources, et cetera, and there's going to be like life ministry where, you know, marriage and, and marriage prep, that uh, it seems like this should be. On all of their desks, you know, so the first thing I'm going to do is make sure I go to our marriage ministry and, and share the website with them. And and then maybe when spring comes and, and that's going to roll out, we can have you on again to promote the actual event because uh, that's definitely in our listening area. And if you could hear us, you could drive to this retreat. Yes. Yeah, we'd love that. We'd be honored. And I just looked up. It's going to be at the Diocese of Matukin Pastoral Center. Yeah. And that's oh. going to be the weekend of April 17th to 18th. Okay, okay. that's in, wonderful. Uh, Piscataway. Piscataway. Yeah, yeah, I know it well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Actually, I taught. It used to be a high school. I taught there. Yeah. <laughs> we know it too we well. We know the building very well. Right. Now, will you be coming yourself? <laughs> will you come or do you send other teams? 
Yeah, no, we, we partner with the local diocese for the first uh, retreat. So it'll be our team plus the team that we train locally on the ground. So, yes, I will be coming Wonderful. with a team of uh, trained retreat leaders and doing it in conjunction with a local team with Matukin. All right. All right. Very Let's good. Let's stay in touch over that. All right, Dan. Listen, unfortunately, we're out of time, but we want to thank you and Bethany. Give her our regards for all the good work you're doing and uh, anything we can do to help you promote, continue to promote the uh, wonderful work of Life Giving Wounds. We'd be happy to do that. Again, listeners, the website is lifegivingwounds.org. We've been talking with Dan Miola, the uh, co-founder and, and, and director of uh, the uh, ministry. So thank you, Dan, for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, and next time I will try to have Bethany with me. Okay. okay. Look forward to talking with okay. you. Okay. God bless to, you both. All the best to your family. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, friends, uh, don't go anywhere. Come right back with the weather. I'm treating my sorrows. I'm treating my shame.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. All righty, we want to welcome to the program the master of the weather reporting um, trade. I don't know world. World, yeah. <laughs> the master of the weather world, Jim Hoffman. Hey, Jim, how are you? There I am, the master of the weather world. Like oh, oh, great master, you get many gold stars. This weather has been glorious. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, if you like this kind of weather, you're going to love the weekend. I... It's going to be a little mist, a little cold, a little chilly. Ooh. But, um, you know, it's fall, right? Yes. And, you know, we already see people decorating their houses for Halloween. <sighs> I know. I was at Costco the other day. I saw a Christmas tree, but we won't talk about that. Oh, please, <laughs> No. Yeah. Really? Uh, My pushing, goodness. Pushing the season a little bit. Wow. Well, I, I hope we can celebrate Halloween. You know, that that's uh, that's one of those questions that are out there in this these uncertain times. But the candy's right. for sale and the pumpkins are out there, and I hope it can happen. When is the well, affi- I think Hall- Hall- Halloween is the only um, sort of event or I don't know, you want to call it a holiday mm. where – you know, just the normal, yeah. you know, putting on a, a costume, mm-hmm. you always wear a mask. Right. 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 So. <laughs> That's right. By its very nature. Go. That's right. By its very nature. Now, when we were kids, Jim's probably too young even, but when we, you and I were kids, we used to wear those plastic ma- masks with the little stra- elastic that would go around the back of your head. <laughs> yeah. There was like little holes for your eye, maybe your tongue, your mouth. <laughs> you could breathe, but it was a horrible I, smelling I, thing. I wish I could say I was too young, but yeah, I remember. Oh, 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 okay. You'd buy them in a box at the pharmacy for like a dollar ninety. They'd be hanging up there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Batman, Superman. <laughs> so, when when actually is the first day of fall? It's this coming week, right? Yeah, it's coming up. Uh, let me get you the exact day and time. Twenty first. Yeah, Monday. Monday. That's the 21st? Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. So let's say the beginning of fall is actually Tuesday, oh. September 22nd. Oh. September 22nd, starting okay. on a Tuesday this year. All okay. Right. And that's the autumnal equinox? Exactly. Wow. You're good. <laughs> a lucky guess. <laughs> was a lucky, a lucky. So what does, what's the spring? The, the What is it? It means with a V. The vernal equinox. The vernal equinox. Yeah, okay. Right. Oh, so boy. Got to... He's gonna, Jim's going to test. He's going to give us a quiz. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> so what is in store? Because I know I stepped out to the mailbox earlier, and it was getting a little breezy and cool Risk. out there. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, um, as I mentioned, it's going to be pretty chilly. Right now, I, I just looked at the temperatures in the area. Now, I usually look at you know southern Jersey around where you know, you've got the um, – the station down in South Jersey, mm-hmm. over South Jersey, and then Central Jersey and the shore areas, and everyone's at 69 degrees. Really? Incredible, yeah. Like one big blanket. National, <laughs> I, I get the temperatures from the National Weather Service, so I'm not sure if they're, <laughs> you know, 
if like a broken clock is right every you know once every, twice a day, that's right? So right. <laughs> That's I'm just right. wondering if they have the broken thermometers. Maybe, you know, just maybe. Have to sync up at the same time. They don't want to go to but 70. Anyway. They want to stay right in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you're right. It is a bit breezy, so the winds are coming out of the north, ushering in that cooler air. Um, winds are anywhere from you know, around 10 miles an hour. There's some areas where it's gusting up to 20. Uh, but those winds will, will subside. And, um, you know, before I get into the weather, I, you know, we, we still know that, Hurricane season doesn't end until November 1st, mm-hmm. so we're still in hurricane season. We still have some tropical disturbances out there. So Teddy is a big hurricane located out in the middle of the Atlantic. That's just under a Category 4. It's a Category 3 with winds at 130 miles an hour. So that's supposed to travel north, and it might make landfall around Nova Scotia. So it's oh. far north of us. But oh. still, if you're along the beach, you know, going into next week, you're going to certainly notice an increase in um, the wave activity. So hmm. and a lot of people like to go to the beach in September, right. October, and the water's still relatively warm. So just and no, but no lifeguards. So just be careful right. out there. And with bigger waves, that's not a good equation. No, absolutely not. So uh, back to our local weather here. So tonight, mostly clear, low 48 degrees. Saturday, sunny, high 65. Saturday night, clear with a low around 45. Sunday, sunny, high near 64. Now, Jim, I know you're going to keep the air conditioning on, right? Because it's not November It's not yet. in the 40s. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like at, least, at least below 40, I might shut it off and open a okay. window. <laughs> Sunday night, clear, low 45. And then Monday, first day of the work week, sunny with a high near 65. Mm. And you're just looking into the, the long term into next week. I don't see any chance of rain through the next Friday. That could change, but... Um, I just see highs in the um, mid seventies, lows in the forties to around to the low fifties. So it looks like it's going to be cooler in the beginning of the week, but warming up later in the week. But no, no rain on the horizon. Well, there, that's that's good news for a while, you know, yeah. for a change. Yeah. We did have a pretty rainy summer. Yes, it seemed to rain yeah. every other day, so that's good. And how was your birthday? I was good. Um, good. Went to, you know, went to our favorite restaurant. Uh, Leonardo's mm-hmm. in, on uh, Route 1 there, Business Route 1 in Lawrenceville. And just a great place to go, great yeah. food. Um, and, you know, they're allowing 25% occupancy there. Right. Uh, so a lot of social distancing, and they're you know, keeping up with the, the protocols and all that. But yeah. th- despite that, it was it was great. Had a good time. Good. Yes. Good. Well, wonderful. Good. Well, we want to thank you again, Jim, for all you do for us here. And uh, you and Jackie and your family have a lovely weekend, and we'll look forward to talking with you next week. Thanks. You too. God right. bless. God bless you. God bless you. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. It's time to name that Catholic tune. 
Yes, sir. Time to name that Catholic tune. Because we missed it last week. We didn't week. play it. In fact, Jan- oh, yeah. Janet was here. She said, don't you have a prize to go out this week? I said, yes. and I couldn't remember. I said, wait a minute. Yeah. And she goes, no, wait a minute. I think you didn't have time for mm-hmm. name that Catholic and tune. And the calls were coming in fast and furious. What happened to name that Catholic tune? Yeah. Well, I, and you know, <laughs> I, we don't have a lot of time, so we get right down to it. We don't, we don't want to miss it again. So, okay. uh, friends, the, the, rule, the rules here are uh, Cheryl's going to give you some information about today's Catholic tune, and then she's going to play a little bit for you on the uh, keyboard. And uh, once she does that and you think you know what it is, give us a call at 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255 and take your guess. But here are some clues, and then Cheryl will play uh, a little bit from the song, the hymn, and then I'll give you the number again. This is one of the uh, most popular hymns, I think, in the Catholic Church today. It's, uh, I, I wanted to say it's a modern hymn, it's contemporary, but it was written in 1979, so that means it's at least 40 years old, but it's still in the contemporary style, if, if that makes sense to you. Uh, it's requested for funerals, weddings, eighth grade graduations, high school graduations, you name it, everybody loves this song, because it is, uh, the tune is beautiful, and In this era, the 70s and 80s, many of the composers would draw from biblical sources and make allusions to specific imagery. So this particular hymn and its text, it's based on Psalm 91, but there's definite imagery in here. It just paints a beautiful picture on your mind. Um, What else can I tell you? It's found in several denominations across the board. You name it, Lutheran. Methodist, whatever they are, it's it's a it appears everywhere, not just the Catholic Church. Okay, but he was definitely a Catholic gentleman who wrote this. It has a uh, soaring melodic line in both the verses and the refrain. So here we go. Are you ready? Okay, six zero nine four nine three eight two five five six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. Here's today's Catholic tune. Six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. Can you put some chords behind that? Sure, I can. So this is in the middle. It's not the very beginning. Oh, there's somebody's calling in. We have a contestant. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Louise Glennon. I'm calling from Ocean Township, New Jersey. From Ocean Township, Louise. Okay, what do you think today's Catholic tune is? On Eagle Swing. There you go. Very good. Louise from Ocean Township. Yes, you are correct. On Eagle's Wings. Very good. Now, was, was it the melody or was it the soaring melodic line that I described? <laughs> oh, did we lose him? Louise, you still there, Louise? Hello? Boy, she won. Okay, so Louise. Louise, call back. Call back. <laughs> I'd like to get your address and send you a nice little consolation prize. And uh, yes, that was right on Eagle's that Wings. That was correct. Okay, Maybe so. you scared her with the Hallelujah chorus. Nah. <laughs> All right, let me, let's play, let's, we'll play the hymn. And then, Louise, give us a call back and we'll take your information from you. Great. Good and, job. Uh, let's, if I can find it here, I had it here. There it is. Okay, we'll be right back.
Congratulations to Louise, who did call us back, and she's yes. uh, going to be sent a wonderful prize from Ocean, New Jersey, and it was indeed on Eagle's Wings. Now, some people do have a little problem with that hymn. Some people, I mean, I like it. I've always enjoyed singing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I always thought it'd be great if Sinatra sang it, like with a full orchestra Couldn't behind Couldn't he really <laughs> just give that a little bit more <laughs> A little bit Sinatra. Style. Sinatra style. Yeah. But yeah. there are people who say, oh, it's too, too um, popish, you know. Mm. But what if it had Latin lyrics? Would people then? Well, the thing is, it's scriptural, and I, I almost oh, Psalm ninety one. Sure, it's almost verbatim. Right. Yeah. So that you really can't have a problem with text. Now, you know, some of them, again, I'm calling them modern composers, but not those old traditional hymns, but those you know written within the last forty, fifty years. They do so much paraphrasing that that's where the issue lies. They said, mm-hmm. don't take the scripture and the biblical text and just like write a story mm-hmm. about it. So he's sticking very much to the psalm. But again, it's a stylistic thing that 
No, I tell you, you know, we have on one of our TV you had like those different music channels, mm. and sometimes if I'm going to take a nap, I'll put on like the Muzak station, you know, just yeah. the instrumental where they play, you know, stand, American standards. Oh, okay. But that came on. Is that right? Yeah, like it's they're beautiful. my funny Valentine, you know, and uh, they playing, yeah. and all of a sudden on Eagles' wings. Well, it does have that sweeping melody, and you could get just get caught onto up into it. It's a very romantic sounding. If you didn't realize what the text was, right. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. But uh, I always enjoyed singing it. Yes. Anyway, we're going to take a break, and uh, if you're watching uh, the program on YouTube or Facebook, we, we cut off there for about uh, three or four minutes, come back on, so don't go away. Stay with us, friends. Another big hour coming up next hour. Father John Butler is here with his reflection for the 25th Sunday of Ordinary Time. And then uh, Michael Lichens is going to join us, and he's going to talk about the Catholic Reader's Bible. So there's more to come. Don't go away. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to goodshop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit goodshop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's goodshop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. Goodshop.com. We have a big problem. Our culture is dying and souls are in danger of being lost. The answer is conversion to Jesus Christ in His church. St. Paul Street Evangelization is a Catholic organization and we have hundreds of teams spreading the good news throughout the country. But we need your help. The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Find out more and get involved today at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, 
or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. I was raised a Catholic and went to church every Sunday faithfully. I met a boy and he was non-Catholic, so I left the church to be with him. When I was away from church, I yearned to be home. What brought me back was my longing for the Eucharist. The Eucharist fills me with a spirit that you can't find anywhere else. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong. We invite you to take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. The Eucharist is the one presence of Jesus that's real. It is the presence of God. He promised to leave. I will not leave you orphans. There is no comparison between the other presences of God. The presence of God is in his word. The presence of God is in me and you or you would dissolve into nothingness. The presence of God is in creation in the air we breathe. But when that priest says, this is my body, and this is my blood, that is the real presence of God. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. It is Jesus himself, alive. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Welcome to Catholic Answers Live, the program where you participate with your questions about apologetics and evangelization. The question I was wondering about, could you talk a little bit about the authority of the Jewish leaders before Christ? I'm a convert to the church. One of the things that is biggest with this friend of mine is we should not have to confess sins to a priest. Everyone has questions. Catholics have answers. Catholic Answers Live weeknights at 6 right here where you are family. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton. WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold. WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton. And WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Good day to you, friends. Welcome back to hour number two of Friday Live on this September 18th. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Hopefully you're on your way home from work or already in the kitchen making some nice but warm But people don't have soup. to go home from work if they're working from home. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> they're there already. It's almost soup weather, though. Don't you yeah. just itch for a nice hot soup? bowl of soup? Yeah, that cold out already? I don't know. <laughs> for me, it is. <laughs> so we'll be battling over the uh, air conditioning button. Don't touch that dial. Hey. Don't touch that. I like the fresh air. Oh, I do too, but not if it's muggy fresh air. No, I think think we can open the windows this weekend. We'll check it out. All right. Uh, We're going to have our gospel reading for this Sunday, the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And uh, our friend Father John Butler will be by to give us the reflection. And then later on this hour, Michael 
Lichens is going to join us to talk about the Catholic Reader's Bible. So lots to come, more music and talk, and uh, we'll start, I guess, uh, with our gospel reading for this Sunday, the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You too go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon and around three o'clock and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around and said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You too go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In our Gospel passage today from Matthew's chapter 20, we find yet another of the many parables offered to the disciples and offered to us by Jesus. Today, the parable of the landowner and the workers in the vineyard. On one level, the parable raises the issue and addresses the age-old concepts and notions of fairness and justice. We see it written, we hear it written, Go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. Later in the story, the landowner responds to the grumbling and the murmuring of the disgruntled laborers who feel they have been underpaid with the admonishment, My friend, I am not cheating you. I am not treating you unjustly nor unfairly. And that sense of fairness and the desire to be treated fairly, it's one of those basic and fundamental notions, almost instinctive, that go back to our earliest days as young children. A professor, Donald DeMarco, professor at Holy Apostles College and Seminary in Ontario, Canada, has authored an interesting article entitled The Virtue of Fairness, in which he writes, quoting, That youngsters use the word fair long before they employ the word just is a good indication that the concept of fairness is more elementary than that of justice. It may very well be that the first moral judgment that a child ever utters is this, Mommy, that's not fair. Virtually all studies on the subject report that children as young as four already have an active and flourishing sense of fairness. Accompanying their strong sense of fairness is their intense disdain for cheating, cutting in line, grabbing more than one's fair share, taking unfair advantage of others. 
Thus, we see the basis for at least one point of view as to why the laborers in the parallel in the parable felt that they had been treated unfairly by their employer. Professor DeMarco goes on to write on that interesting contrast and the differences between fairness on the one hand and justice on the other. He writes, Fairness has a much broader range of applicability than does justice. It can refer to the beautiful, as in the movie title My Fair Lady. It can refer to the civil and to the uncivil, as in fair play and fair words. It can also refer to the good, as in a fair crop and a fair outcome. Or, fairness again, it may refer to the unobstructed, such as the fairway on a golf course. In meteorology, to the distinction between fair weather and stormy weather. In baseball, to whether it's a fair ball or a foul ball. In the law, to whether the defendant got a fair trial, a fair shake. Or was he condemned and victimized unjustly, unfairly, by a kangaroo court? Professor DeMarco concludes, The utility of fairness is extensive because it is an easier concept to grasp, more fundamental perhaps than justice. Fairness, it applies to the cosmos as well as to the children at play. Now, for all this talk of fairness, is that really what this parable of the landowner and the laborers is mostly about? Is Jesus preaching and advocating fairness? Yes, of course he is. He is also, and primarily though, sharing with us a teaching moment and an opportunity to ponder and savor a lesson on envy and generosity and on the grace of God. That seems to be the main target, the real bullseye of this parable. The landowner explains to the grumbling laborers that the demands of justice and fairness have indeed been met. The laborer consented to a day's wage, very simply stated, he has been paid a day's wage. That's fair. Fairness and justice have been served. The next lesson, though, the greater lesson, is triggered and transitioned to by the vineyard owner's addition of a cautionary question, are you envious because I was generous? Ah, envy, the envy word. St. John Vianney said, I do not believe there is a more ugly and dangerous sin than envy. St. John Climacus said, Nothing is so divine as divisive, divisive as envy, which is a deadly evil in a certain sense more deadly than greed. A greedy person is happy when he gets something. An envious one is happy not when he gets something, but when someone else does not. There is nothing that strips us of joy and gratitude more quickly than envy and an attitude of entitlement. Envy is that failure to appreciate the good things that we already have received. Envy, of course, can easily turn into malice, which is why it must be stopped, stopped cold. In our parable, Jesus teaches us to emulate not the envy of the disgruntled laborer, but rather the generosity of the landowner. The landowner was fair and just with the early morning laborers, and he was also lavishly generous with the latecomers. And this teaches us something about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is a lavishly free and generous gift on the part of God, shared with us by the grace of God beyond our merit and beyond the ability to be earned. In a homily on this very subject, Father Kevin Estabrook observed, In a sense, all of us are those laborers who came at the end of the day. Have any of us really spent every waking moment fully and totally from the beginning of our lives in God's service? Unless your name is Mary of Nazareth, the answer to that question is no for you, for me, for everyone. All of us are latecomers because all of us have sinned. And yet, the invitation to repent and believe in the gospel is made to everyone, everyone, meaning and including the laborers hired at dawn, 
the laborers hired shortly before dusk, and also that repentant thief who hung on the crossed cross next to our Lord. Jesus, he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him in reply, This day you will be with me in paradise. Talk about fairness and justice. Talk about divine fairness and divine justice. Talk about discouraging envy and championing generosity. Talk about thinking as God thinks and not as we humans tend to think. The lesson of the gospel three Sundays ago on August 30th. Talk about the lavish grace and love of God, inviting us all, though unworthy, to share eternal life and joy forever with God in the splendor of paradise. May we avoid and shun sinful and vicious envy. May we strive for generosity, humility, and gratitude. May we strive towards all the virtues that keep us close to God and that keep us close to each other. May we all share in the reality of these parables that give us a hint and a taste of what the kingdom of God is like and that awaits us. Please God, and with the help of God, amen.
Aha. Uh-huh. Well, that's energetic and fun. I forget that woman's name. Who did that? We met her, didn't we? Met her long, many, many years ago. When we used to go to those uh, yeah, radio marketing. conferences, yeah, yeah the marketing. marketing, right? I can't think of her name. I can picture her on the cover of the CD. Does anybody else have CDs? No. I have hundreds of CDs. <laughs> Come, Holy Spirit. We have hundreds of albums. I know. It, I you know, know, we need to go through those albums because there's probably some money down there. <laughs> I mean, if they're in good shape, well, probably. You know, but, but do people I collect mean, them anymore? I think there are places that collect them. Yeah, vinyl and the the actual the original. Like the, the, I have the original Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts. Oh, it belongs to my sister. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think she owns all the all the Beatles. But okay. and we have we have them all down there. That'll be a fun winter project. Now we're we're out of the quarantine projects. We'll wait for a snow. Not to day. go in the basement. Yeah, we could always tell whose record is which, who's who's like my oh, records and your you and records I, are like you know, like oil and water. Yeah. <laughs> they never they don't and no nothing even close no. to similar taste. No, I went through a short jazz phase, so I'm going to have jazz guitar and like Kenny G, you know, way before him though. But it, had, it was short lived. Like the Marsalis boys, didn't you have the Marsalis brothers? Winton, mm, I didn't get didn't any of that? their stuff. No. What no, else? Well, you, you a had, long time you, ago. You had those things, those guys that wore those flower pots on their heads. Oh. What was the name of that? Men Without Hats? No, no. no. They, were, they, were, they, they looked like flower pots on their heads. <laughs> That's right. They were red. Right? They had yellow What was the name of that group? Because oh, you had all their albums. I know. My taste, I have there are a lot of Sinatra albums down there. Yes. Sinatra, Beatles, Harry Nielsen. Lena Horne. No, I didn't have any Lena no. Horne. <laughs> but I had those. Judy Garland. No. I actually have in there somewhere. I remember I got it, 1969. It's in a, a silver album jacket, and it it was like the bootleg Let It Be album before it was actually released. Yeah, how'd you get your hands on that? I don't know, but it must be worth some kind of money. It's I over 50 imagine. years old. You know, it's, right. it's got to be worth something. Yeah. And I remember, I, maybe there are still some down there. My parents had the 78s. Oh boy! Of Sinatra and Dinah Shore. So those and, now are antiques. Yeah, I mean they actually they literally would break if you if you dropped it on a hard surface. The, the those they, seven, so they would break. It wasn't vinyl. It was whatever yeah. it was made out of. It would shatter like yeah. glass. Yeah. But I remember seeing those in my parents uh, when they you know I mean there may be some of those down there because I think a couple of the Sinatras I kept like time after time I had on the seventy eight. Wow, <laughs> that would be fun to look through. And honestly, I wish I had now. We don't even own a turntable. But wouldn't it be fun to have There is one here. So do I have one here somewhere? Let's bring it home and listen to the old albums. I bought one a number of, well, a few years ago, a number of years ago now, that it actually you can plug in RCA cables into your, from there into your computer. So you could, you could transfer, you could play it on the, on the turntable mm-hmm. and record it on your computer and, you know, convert it to, to a digital. Mm. It's around here somewhere. I know we have one. Okay. I know we have one. We will look in the elusive back room. Mm-hmm. It'll be, be fun room. to see. Yes, what's down there? That would be fun. Some old James Morano. Morano <laughs> <laughs> you remember that guy? Uh, uh, Forty. What do they call them? Forty fives. The forty fives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy. Forty fives. I the had boxes the, of those. <laughs> I had the forty fives, and there was a tiny little plastic disc that you would snap in the center. Right. So it would fit over the thirty-three and a half. You'd put it on the thin. Yeah, on mm-hmm. the. And actually, you could stack your albums. You had those, and Remember you would stack that? them up, and then one was just drop down. <laughs> oh, we are dating ourselves. But I uh, listen. I'm sure uh, most of our listeners are 
they have understanding completely too. what we're talking mm-hmm. about. They do. Young people wouldn't. Because even when our yeah. kids were growing up and we had an album, they thought it was a big CD. Yes, what's that big CD? Yeah, I had no <laughs> clue. We looked at each other like, oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now you don't even have CDs anymore. No. Right? People don't mm-hmm. buy, you, you don't really go out and buy CDs, do you? Uh, they do sell them at your like Barnes and Noble. Oh, they do I mean, sell there's them? not even a lot of those. Remember, you'd go to the mall and it'd be the record store. Yeah, I mean, they... you should go down to New Brunswick, Rivoli, Aww. Rivoli Music Shop. Absolutely, and there was a record store. Whenever a new album came out, you'd get down there and, mm-hmm. and uh, yes. I remember riding my bike down there to to either get, buy my first guitar or to. Buy, I remember riding down East up Eastern Avenue down to New Brunswick and, and getting to the Rivoli Music Shop. It's amazing we never ran into each other. Oh, and you were I there, would too? Go there too. We sure. probably did, but I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't recognize you. <laughs> I wouldn't even know who you were. We, we actually, our paths crossed numerous times. We have discovered in the course mm-hmm. of our ten years before we even met. Officially. In high school, you came to see Fiddler. You I had done Fiddler when I was a senior at St. Peter's. Of course, I was Tevia, and then and that was 1973, and then in it was seventy five. Was your senior year? Was my senior year? So seventy five. In South River. South River, River High School. South River High School. We were putting it on. I was in the pit. You were I in wasn't the pit. on the stage. And my friends and I, who had done Fiddler in high school, said, let's, let's go see how they do it. Yeah. And we sat there very smugly watching your school's performance, although I didn't know you were in the pit. Yes. Yeah, you didn't know I was in the audience, but we were there. I wish I saved the program. You know, I save a lot of stuff, but I don't think I have that. And then, of course, at the Quaker Bridge Mall, you worked there mm-hmm. when you were in college. You went to Trenton State here. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't keep that job. I, I was eating them out of house and home the, with the popcorn. I'm a mm. popcorn freak, you know. Well, And the, I, that job didn't last. I think I was eating all the, the benefits. <laughs> it was 1978, so you were a freshman college? So. Well, no, I graduated in high school. Oh, wait, I'm 75. sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So 78. So junior. So, and then uh, they were having a movie star lookalike contest, and I went down to enter. <laughs> I remember that. I mean, not you specifically, but I remember the contest and how they all lined up against the entrance. That's right. I went down and 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 I went down dressed up as the Godfather. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I came in second place. And the first prize was a trip to Hollywood. It was a trip to Hollywood. And the guy who won it really wasn't. He just he he was like a did one of those robotic dance. Had they they do the robotic dances? He was dressed in silver. So and not he called a him, real character. No, he called himself a space age from a space monster from any age or something. From nothing from a film or anything. Right. I was the Godfather. I came in second place. He won the trip to Hollywood. I won a year's pass for two passes for a year to your movie theater. So I probably took your ticket. So every and I would go every week because it was free. I'd go every, yeah. every time a new movie came out. I'd go and yeah. I so I'd come to your theater there. Yeah. So we had to <laughs> you know interact oh, somehow something. at one point. Never I'm even sure. knew. I'm sure. That was 78. We didn't meet till 85, 84. Right. right. Oh. See how God draws with all these straight with the crooked lines just mm-hmm. all over the place. All I love around. that analogy. Just at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Just at the right time. Because maybe if I met you young when you were younger, we you would have thought, not... oh, God, this guy's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> What's he going to be when he grows up? <laughs> that guy just like the Godfather. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> Or maybe would have been impressed. <laughs> or so then, after, do you remember this was Quaker Bridge Mall? Yes. Do you remember the uh, the cookie store? You know, Mrs. The, Fields. 
No, but it, similar to that. It was like the chocolate chip or some, yeah, whatever, maybe. the local. But um, after the theater, that one didn't really work out. I, I transferred over to... Um, the theater didn't work out? Well, no, because I was eating too much popcorn. Oh. So, but <laughs> you were there that whole year that I was going, though, you said. Well, yeah, so oh, I worked it. My entire four years. They fired I, you for eating all their popcorn? No. Oh, oh I really am kidding. Oh. But um, I was there for a while, and then, I don't know, I guess you're young. You just kind of hop around. Oh, there's a new store. I like to work there. They all paid the same. It really didn't matter. But it was uh, you would bake chocolate chip cookies. They had all these ovens. It was just a front counter with several types of cookies, and then we were in the back with the ovens and waiting on the customers. But I had to wear this little Fanny Farmer kind of dress, you know, just a real country print in browns and oranges and yellows and like a, a, a hat because you had to have your hair covered with this big ruffle on it. Oh, it was really ugly. It was quite the costume. I would have remembered that if I saw it. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I, was like, oh, they I didn't go to the like. cookie shop. You didn't. After the movies, you didn't come for cookies? The best part about that, though, at the end, they they were going to throw everything away because they, we were, you know, mm-hmm. selling them fresh the next every day, and we would take those. I would take those cookies back to the dorm, and I was the most popular girl on the floor. Mm-hmm. All those cookies. Yeah. Long times ago. Yes, those first jobs. What was your first job? My first, a paper boy. Oh, so you were younger than 16. Oh, sure. I had a paper route, and I saved up just enough. It was eighth grade. Saved up just enough money over the course of a year to fly to California. <laughs> to see your uncle. see my uncle out in yeah, Southern California. And then I had, uh, I guess we had the, my brother and I had the paper route in the Colony House mm-hmm. apartment in, in, in uh, Bugalo Park there in New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. For a number of a few years, and then I, then I was a senior in high school. I worked at a, uh, at a uh, snack bar in a bowling alley on, on the on the Somerville Circle. There oh, was sure. a bowling alley there, sure. and there was a snack bar, and I would I would work there at nights and make Short hamburgers order. and fries. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fabulous fun. Uh, okay, well let's take a break, and then Michael Lichens Lichens, we'll find out. Like that will join us. Talk about the Catholic Reader's Bible. So mm-hmm. stay where you are, friends. More to come. i 
Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> you heard that applause. <laughs> hmm? We will worship your holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Well, uh... And I'm not Michael, are you? No. No. And Michael, uh-huh. Michael's not here. It is Lichens, though. Lichens, L-I... <laughs> I, did, I did get his voicemail. L-I-C-H-E-N-S, and the book... Michael Lichens. It's called, it's the Catholic Reader's Bible, and uh, it's published by Sophia Institute Press, and it's um, just the four Gospels and... Um, oh, he's. we can call him back. Let me put a spot on real quick, friends, and then I'll, okay. I'll, I'll be right there. Hang on. It started like it does for many people. Question my faith and question authority. And I feel that the reason why I left was the, the draw of the world. The world was pulling me away. Some people would say, you know, Satan would, you know, Satan was working on me. He did not want me in church. He wanted me to be desperate. He wanted me to have the thoughts of suicide. I started to realize that a lot of the things that I experienced in my life were a result of my rebellion against God and against authority. Coming back to the church is the first step in healing from all of the hurts of the world. I went from being desperate and in despair to finding hope and encouragement for for the future. I'm on God's team. I, I know who I belong to. And I know where I'm going, and there's nothing that can separate me from God's love. Take another look at the Catholic Church. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. This is Monsignor John Kozar, National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. It's something we all do, count our blessings. Topping my list is my faith, our Lord's greatest gift to each one of us. Another important blessing is the presence of missionaries in my life, They've been my heroes since I was in elementary school, and they remain so today. In difficult and often dangerous circumstances, missionaries reach out with the loving heart of our Lord. Count your blessings today, and don't forget the blessing of sharing in the work of missionaries by your prayers. It's a lesson from the missions. Brought to you by the Pontifical Mission Societies. To learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are, visit our website at onefamilyandmission.org. Remember, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Through prayer and sacrifice, in word and witness, we're all part of this one family and mission. Well, welcome back, and we want to welcome to the program uh, from Sophia Institute Press, Michael Litchens. Michael, welcome. We finally got in touch. Thank you. <laughs> kind of... Good. Good. I'm so glad we got in touch with you because I'm very curious about um, the development of this book, the uh, Catholic sure. Reader's Bible, and how it's different than the normal Bible, which I can barely lift. Ours is so big and so heavy. I thought, ah, this maybe is giving me the best of the Bible. What What's the uh, impetus behind this book? Uh, impetus is to try to help people to read the Bible in a way they may not have approached before. So when you open it up, the first thing you notice before you even notice the translation or anything is how it's laid out, which is more like the books we're used to now. Mm-hmm. There's no chapter and verse numbers, which is actually in keeping with how the Bible was originally written down. And then it's all in very thick pages, block text, like you're reading a novel or a book of essays. And for us, it's another way for you to approach the Bible and to really, to either 
see it the first time if you're new to the Bible. I know as a Roman Catholic, I like to joke, none of us actually read this read thing, it. but, <laughs> um, you know, hopefully we can change that with Bibles like this. And if this is the approach, we want people to get more into it. And especially before COVID and the nonsense that is 2020, that was our goal. Now it's just turned up to 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, now, this is, uh, first of all, I'll make clear to the listeners that it's not the entire Bible. This is the, the four Gospels and the Acts of the Apostles. Um, mm-hmm. Was there a reason you chose those uh, five books? A couple of reasons. We also uh, just put out the Epistles and the Book of Revelation in a separate edition. Okay. But we, ch- we chose those to start with for a couple of reasons. The first one is this translation, which is, uh, the Dewey Reams, a version of the Dewey Reams that came from the mid 18th century, then was updated in the 1940s. When they were in each of those segments, when they were translating, you know, 16th century, 18th century, then 20th century, they started with the Gospels and the Acts of the Apostles because that is the foundation of our faith as Roman Catholics. And so, in that tradition, we wanted to make sure that we started with that. But our hope is. We have two editions. Our hope is that within four or five that we can have the complete Bible in these really attractive volumes. Now, you mentioned no chapters or verse. Mm-hmm. Is, is this, um, you say, the way the Bible was originally written, but if someone wanted to reference or look up, is, is this, this is not the Bible they would use for that per se, or is it? They can absolutely do so. On the top of each page, it will tell you where you are in the Bible. Okay. So it will say, like, Acts, chap- you know, chapter 3, verses 14 through 87, mm-hmm. and things like that. But there's not going to be the numbers or the footnotes while you're reading the text. In fact, there's almost nothing to distract you while you're reading, which for a guy with a short attention span would mean I should read it more. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Well, the print uh, obviously is and uh, is is uh, must be easier to read as you mentioned. It's not the two columns what we're usually seeing per page, mm-hmm. here. and the, the you know the the footnotes and things that aren't there that can distract you away from that. So, um, this is something that uh, I think many of our uh, all of our listeners really would benefit from. Again, we're talking mm-hmm. with Michael Lichens. Sophia Press is the publisher. Sophia Press. I'm sorry, Sophia Institute. dot com. Um, is that, did I give it right? Is it, is it Sophia? Is yep. Dot com. Yes. Okay, very good. Uh, they're the publisher's friends. You can check that out. But um, you mentioned the Dewey Reams translation. Why did you choose that particular translation? Uh, we went for that. For one, it's in the English-speaking world, that's kind of the classic translation for Roman Catholics that goes all the way back to the late, 50, I want to say 1595 is when they first started work on this. And it's had to be updated a bit because, well, for example, when you read those manuscripts, you go, huh, it looks like English didn't have the letter S for some odd reason. <laughs> uh, so that had to be updated a few times by different scholars. And we went with this particular one because it's had so much scholarship attached to it. In the mid-1800s, I'm sorry, mid-1700s, it was Richard Chaloner, who was the vicar apostolic uh, bishop to London, who was very well educated and one of the one of those figures you can't believe one person did so much work and it makes you feel bad for how little I can do, mm. but he just right. did so much work with the scholars. And then an additional 40 Catholic scholar, biblical scholars revised the translation in the 20th century to bring it up to date. And this is a translation that not only do we, is it for all Catholics in the English speaking world here in America, it was the translation Really, until World War II, until we started looking at other translations, it would be the one you would hear in Mass. It would be the one your grandma heard in Mass. 
And if you're like me and have Catholic history going back further than that, it's your great-great-grandparents would be familiar with that. Mm-hmm. So are there some thus and thous in there? <laughs> there are thus and thous, but the spelling is a little more contemporary. Uh, you know, it's not ick, which is what you would find in the original. Dewey Reams for I, the I-C-H, because they still had a lot of German influences then. Right. So those were, and the spelling's not going to have a bunch of, I, maybe this isn't everyone's concern, but it's not going to have a bunch of extra U's or anything, but it will have a heightened language that I like to say is between the King James Bible and the New American Bible we would normally hear in Mass today. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, again, for, for Catholics, you know, we, we all kind of kid about it and joke about it. You know, we mm-hmm. Our, mm-hmm. Our, our knowledge of, of, of the Bible itself, of sacred scripture, you know, we're always impressed with our uh, many of our uh, Protestant brothers and sisters who can quote, you know, chapter and verse mm-hmm. on the top of their head, and we're not too good at that. Um, so putting the uh, Scripture in this format that you've done in this way, in, 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 again, it's called the Catholic Reader's Bible, is really for that purpose, right, for the Catholic to be able to easily read the Bible. Yes, to read it, and if you are someone who likes to memorize, I think memorizing especially of the Psalms is always a great task you can give yourself, but one of the issues with memorizing is sometimes you lose context if you only know what St. Paul said in Ephesians 3, 4, but you don't know the rest of it. Mm -hmm. In this way, it really kind of almost forces your brain to absorb the rest of the context Mm -hmm. of whatever verse you've memorized or have heard hundreds of times. Now you have the full context of what it was Paul was talking about or what it was that Christ was giving in his sermon that led to that famous passage. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's the before, the after, the story, if you will. If you mm-hmm. Will. Mm-hmm. A, a clearer picture. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I remember hearing one time uh, that in you know, the mid-1800s when, when families were basically had a homeschool because they were traveling out mm-hmm. west, and that they would use the Bible as their children's reader. That, yeah, no, uh, that's absolutely true. In fact, Abraham Lincoln, one of our greatest presidents, he grew up and was very proud of the fact that the only two books he had were the King James Bible and the complete works of Shakespeare. There you go. And uh, as far as, you know, obviously I love all the education and resources we can get, but if you have to have only two books, that's going to give you such a beautiful understanding of the English language. Mm-hmm. But more than that, on a spiritual level, you're going to know the Bible like you know your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm wondering if this might be, given the format that it's in, might be a good a good uh, use for that as well. You know, to uh, as a reader mm-hmm. for uh, parents who are homeschooling and and uh, you know, oh. obviously well written. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, absolutely, the translation is beautiful. It's a much a, it's a much easier one to read for me, anyways. I even in my 30s, I need readers for going through most books, but I can actually read this one without my glasses. Mm-hmm. And I would actually encourage parents, especially right now, uh, if we have to get inside for the flu season or whatever, this is a good time to learn how to read aloud, because that's how almost all our ancestors, unless you were of a class that would know how to read and have regular access to a library, you heard scripture through having it read to you or read at dinner or read by your father, and you would absorb it that way. And so I would encourage parents, even if your children aren't quite ready to, you know, let's go through all of Ephesians today, kids, mm-hmm. but, but they can start hearing this verse here, this chapter here, as a read aloud. And eh, some people have beautiful reading voices, and this translation works perfectly for reading aloud. And again, it's called the Catholic Reader's Bible. We're talking with Michael Lichens, and it's published by Sophia Institute Press. That's sophiainstitute.com. 
Uh, and you mentioned now, Michael, there you have also now released um, other uh, epistles, uh, the epistles in other format, in the same format. Yeah, so it's the exact same format. It will just have the epistles and the Book of Revelation in that. So with these two volumes, you can have the New Testament. And we'll be working on the Old Testament as we go. Wow. I can just see this as an excellent uh, companion to Bible study classes. You know, you you don't have to carry around the entire Bible, or maybe you're focusing on just the Gospels or the Acts, or as you say, you know, now that you're releasing some other editions, like that's all you need, and that's going to be your study guide. Mm -hmm. And you can stay with it for a while and uh, they're also rather, maybe this isn't a selling point for everyone, but I know in my household, Bibles that can stand up to coffee spills and being thrown <laughs> against the wall on occasion are really helpful, and this edition meets all those requirements. I'm, I'm trying to imagine the book of Revelation in this format. It's, it'd be almost like a novel, oh. right? <laughs> it, it, it's a weird novel. Like, I was joking with my wife about it, like, just reading it, you know, wanting to read from... I want to see Revelation 7 on forward. It's like, it sounds like the trippiest postmodern novel imaginable, but no, it's scripture. That's right. That's right. So wonderful, wonderful idea. And again, friends, it's called The Catholic Reader's Bible. We've been talking with Michael Litchens. Uh, Sophia Press is the publisher. SophiaInstitute.com is their website, and, and uh, you need to check it out. And uh, I think it's a great, a great idea and great format, Michael. So thank you for taking some time out to be with us today and sharing that good news. It was wonderful to talk with you all. I hope you guys have a blessed weekend. Thank you. You too. You too. You Thanks too. for Thank being. you again. God bless you. God bless. There was no single event. It was more gradual. My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus. And that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I was outside of the church, there was always an unsettled feeling. There was always a feeling of something missing and something not complete. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I wouldn't be the spouse. I wouldn't be the father. I wouldn't be the person that I am without the church and without the sacraments, particularly the Eucharist. I can't live without it. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. So that's kind of a loaded question. What? Can you see that I got my hair redone? Oh, I should have said it on the air. Jim, did you notice that I got my hair yeah, redone? Yeah, but so what's, the, what, what's the answer? <laughs> if I say yes, does that mean I noticed that it looks a lot nicer than it had it before? <laughs> <laughs> or if I say no, don't you notice me? What I would... Even if you said yes, then then why don't you voluntarily say, "Wow, your hair looks different." This is why. What is it? Men are from Venus and women are from Mars, or vice versa. It's like there's two different two different trains of thought. I saw something the other day. It was so cute. It says women in a day speak forty thousand words <laughs> or whatever it was, and men only speak to, you know ten or twenty thousand. And you know why is that? And then the husband says, what? Because the wife has to repeat everything twice. I have to say, and we're getting like that. Like, I'll say something, you'll say, what? And, and it works the other way, too. Like, I'm, we better get a hearing test. No, my hearing is fine. I hear things you don't hear. Yeah. I'll say, did you hear that? No. Like, yeah. I mean, it'd be a fire truck going by. I know, but if I say something, you'll say, what? I always have to say it well, twice. Well, that's because 
my, I'm thinking of something else. And if you say something, I, my, I'm still here. I'm not over here yet. I got to uh, what? The focus. You got to what? Okay. There's a hole. All right. <laughs> if we're still on the air like 10 years from now, who knows what it'll be like? I know. Whoa. <laughs> uh, we'll be talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. Senior things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, we have a little bit of time yet. Yeah. Well, true. We're still we're still young. Although but I, I just had another. I did get a call from the Social Security office the other day. Yeah, so. they're after you big time. Hey, listen, why not? Well, I'll be I a know. full age, full retirement age, and another that's few good months. That they do the follow up. I mean, it's not like you have to chase after them. They are they're very good about the follow up. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, I'm 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 very happy with uh, the idea that you know I can. Collect. <laughs> yeah. Talk about follow-up. I have yet to hear from New Jersey Unemployment. Has anyone else had this issue? Laid off for five weeks in the middle of March, and I have yet to hear back from them. Hmm. And I applied. I yeah, did you were unemployed for five weeks. Yeah. So that's really not bad. That's not bad. Five weeks. No. It seemed like a, a lot longer than that. But... Yeah. Uh, yeah, because we were stuck in the house yeah. then, those the early days. Yeah, yeah. And we've never had such a stretch. You know, you take a week's vacation or something, or you have a few days off, but five weeks mm. with really nowhere to go. But see, I my routine didn't change. I was I still coming here. I was yeah. still going to work, and nothing really changed for me. It was very strange for me. And then even when I was blessed to be called back and return, it was on a very minimal basis. You know, you couldn't stay up there. You'd go well, all the I mean, I would imagine all the parishes. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. God bless the pastors doing a, an enormous balancing act, of trying to keep employed who they can keep employed. Right. You mentioned that oh, for many weekly... parish collections are way down. Yes. We have felt the pinch here. You know, over the summer, we 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 were falling short like nine thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. That's not good because we didn't have our radiothon to, right. to carry us over. So, um, it's a very and you know the last thing you want to see affected adversely affected our parishes and apostolates the only uh, haven of hope that, that you, know, you might have are here to give you the, the truth with no spin on it and mm-hmm. and and the, with the truth that you need to hear to get you home you know and, and it's uh it's a it's tough it really is tough and you know who knows where we're even where we're going at this point right you know the, the virus is still out there though not as although my sister said they had I think she said maybe 600 cases yesterday in New Jersey, new cases. Oh, really? I didn't hear her say that. I don't know, that. was it yesterday or last week? I don't know how it works, but mm. there were, it was kind of an up, a little, a little. Starting to climb a little. A little bit of a spike there. Yeah. Um, but then they were saying there's kids going back to college and they're having parties and they're, yeah. and it's mostly younger people who aren't getting as ill as the more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So they may have, the cases may have increased, but certainly, and, and, Fortunately, deaths have not increased. Right, right. So it's just been, uh, and you know, who knows? But I, you know, it was. Um, I think it was Bill Maher, our friend Bill Maher, co-host of uh, Brothers in Arms, who was saying how a virus will will normally just eventually, you know, like the the, the um, Spanish flu went away. Mm-hmm. There was no vaccine; it just went away. Right. And with viruses, he said that they they mutate. And they become really less potent because they don't want to kill their host. <laughs> you don't want to if it, if all they did was kill whoever the host was. You know, okay. they would they'd be out of business. So they they mutate to a lesser so they can lesser potency, and then mm-hmm. eventually just they're harmless. So they just go away. Wow. And a virus is not a living thing. Someone told me. 
This is like science. I can't. I can't take it. It hurts my brain just oh, thinking no. about it. Oh no, science and and I never got along ever. No, ever. It hurts. the only thing I loved was astronomy. Astronomy, I, I enjoy. I always enjoyed the planets and the yeah. you know, and I would watch the moon shots and the the, mm-hmm. the uh, rocket. The you know, the astronauts when they'd go into space, we'd watch them and grammar. They'd wheel the TV in to watch the launch. Mm-hmm. That always. But the other kind of science, the chemistry. Oh, what's the point? Oh, I don't understand it. <laughs> And our yet our son is he's a he's a scientist. Yeah, I don't know how right. that happened. Yeah. And and his wife as well. And she's also a scientist. The whole family actually, her siblings They're and parents all are all scientists. All scientists. We're liberal arts. Mm, all the way. We just sing our way. Communications. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> I sing Do my they, happy wonder, songs. What do they even home. have like degrees in communications anymore? Oh, they must. Maybe it's called technology now. We think. Mm-hmm. It's still communications. communications. Well, look at your nephew, uh, Matthew. Oh, that's true. He's majoring in communications. Yeah, he's, he's uh, actually studying radio. I said, don't do that. <laughs> it's going to be gone by the time. <laughs> don't study radio. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, there's just different forms of communications. I mean, you would think it would be, you know, media technology mm. or something. Yeah. With the way radio is almost gone. The radio is, is changing. Yeah. It's obviously changing. I mean, we, we obviously, the be. Always, as long as our generation is around, people will listen to the radio. The generations after us are, are less and less listening to the radio. It's like pod- our son, our daughter, they never listen. They don't even know what radio, yeah. radio is. Podcasts. Podcasts and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Bluetooth. But our generation will listen to the radio. But when we go. Wouldn't you love it if your parents were here now and you tossed out some of this terminology? Bluetooth. I used to have a hard time trying to teach my father how to work the VCR. <laughs> And that used to frustrate me. Something. You know, it would frustrate me. And yeah. now, like, people get frustrated. We don't know what we're doing with technology half no. the time. But yeah, you can see how it's just from generation to generation, whatever. Which, by the way, I tried to play a DVD the other day. I probably screwed up the the whole internal Oh, I working. saw there were things coming out of there. The, the, whole, <laughs> the cabinet was open. There were things. It was just it was a mess. Anyway, I couldn't get it to go. My little exercise tape. Oh, you, know, you couldn't get it to go? No. So I was doing something wrong. Okay. Well, we're going to go and enjoy the weekend that's ahead. It could be a fire pit night. Oh, be outside and breathe. Get some marshmallows. Oh, the fresh air. All righty. Thank you for being with us today, friends, and to all of our guests. And um, Bruce will be here Monday at 3 o'clock for Come to the Throne. So I'll be sitting in with him. And then uh, I'll be here Tuesday as well. We'll be back next Friday. Are we? Yes, we'll we'll talk with you next week. But if just real quick, half a second, if you would keep in your prayers. Karen and Dan, uh, very good friends of mine at the parish, um, and he sings beautifully, but I didn't realize he had asthma, but they both have COVID. Okay. And Karen's feeling great, but it's hit Dan a little bit harder. So if you would pray for Karen and Dan for the divine physician to lay his healing hands. And we'll see you next time. God bless you. 